Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of 1 John. The New Testament book of 1 John and chapter number 2. As we're walking through the book of 1 John, we have the theme of walking with Jesus. That the Lord Jesus Christ saved us for the purpose of fellowship or walking with Him. And over and over in the book of 1 John, we see a key phrase where it says, Hereby we know Him. There's a wonderful thing about knowledge. Knowing Christ, knowing Him not just academically, but knowing Him experientially. Meaning that you have experienced Jesus Christ for yourself. And that you've developed a fellowship with Him, a walk with Him, spending time with Him. And that He is real. That you know He's real because you've spent time with Him. The book of 1 John is just very key to the life of every born-again believer. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to show you a little bit more from the book of 1 John to try to build up a good base in everybody's life. Notice with me the book of 1 John in chapter number 2. The book of 1 John in chapter number 2, and notice what the Word of God says starting at verse number 3. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3, the Word of God says this, and hereby we do know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, and him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in Him." He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walketh. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in 1 John chapter 2? 1 John chapter 2, and notice the verse at, or phrase at the very end of it, keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. And with the Lord's help, we want to put an emphasis where the Lord places the emphasis. And I'd like to preach to you a message about keep His commandments. Keep His commandments. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you now, I'm just praying that everything would be set aside and that our minds and hearts would be centered and placed upon you. I'm asking that you would let this be as clear as possible and that you would help the Holy Spirit inside of each and every one of us scream out and cry out for a desire to walk with you and to be able to prove our love towards you. Again, I have no ability of myself and I depend upon you, Holy Spirit, that there's no good thing in me and I cannot, I cannot do any work for you. You have to do your own work. So I'm asking that you would fill me with your precious spirit presence now your precious spirit and that you would get your own work accomplished today through your precious word and Jesus name we pray amen 
The Bible very clearly says, keep His commandments. If we know Him, if we say that we're one of His, if we claim to be a Christian, we will keep His commandments. Notice, if you wouldn't mind, the first thing I'd like to show you is what is called the perfect tense. The perfect tense. Now, this is because we understand that the Bible's original language is not English. That English is a translation. And that different languages work a little bit differently. For example, in English, we have three tenses. We have past, we have present, and we have future. I used to do this. I am doing this. I will do this. We have three tenses. But in other languages, we have more than three tenses and we have different tenses. Remember that the Bible was originally penned in a language called Greek. And Greek has other tenses. And what, when, they tried, when they translated the Word of God, what they did to try to carry and show the tenses across is they added an E-T-H to certain words. Notice again in verse 3. And hereby we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth, notice that E-T-H, not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth... His word in him is verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Notice that keepeth in verse 4 and keepeth in verse 5. This keepeth, that E-T-H, is to show a perfect tense. Now the perfect tense in the Greek language carries the idea of continual action. Meaning it's something that doesn't happen in a point a time, but it is something that is done continually. And so what it is saying here with the idea here, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep, and it carries the idea of this continual action, if we keep his commandments. What this means as a Christian, that every single Christian, because you're born again, has a natural desire to obey the Bible. Meaning that you have developed or have inside of you a desire to keep God's word. There's something inside of you that wants to be pleasing to God, that wants to obey God. Now, being sinful, fallen humans, from time to time, guess what? We do mess up. From time to time, we don't keep His commandments. There's time to time that we rebel against God. But for the natural practice of our heart life, there should be a desire inside of every Christian to naturally want to obey God's Word. Now, the reason why this perfect tense is so important is because some of our good, well-meaning friends sometimes say that if you sin, guess what? You lose your salvation. That if you sin, guess what? You've messed up. There's nothing you could do. You've lost what God has given to you. You, you went back into sin. But I want to encourage you that, God, that if you mess up once or twice or we end up messing up a whole bunch, we don't lose our salvation. But instead, this is doing an internal check inside of every believer that everybody who has Jesus Christ living inside of them, that the Holy Spirit lives inside of them, has a natural desire to obey the Bible. If you say that you're saved, hereby we know Him. Notice this, verse number 3. Hereby we do know. How do we know that we know Him? If we keep His commandments. He that saith... 
I know him and keepeth not. Notice that ETH that doesn't keep God's commandments, has no desire to keep God's commandments. Notice what it says. And keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. If you don't mind, may I be bold as the Bible is bold? If you say that you're a Christian, if you say that you're one of his, and you have no desire to obey God's word, you have no desire whatsoever to read God's word, you have no desire to be pleasing to him, you're just playing along, putting on a facade. Let me tell you with the authority of scripture, dear friend, you are not one of his. You are not saved. Now, I'm not saying this because I want you to doubt your salvation. In fact, quite the opposite. I want to nail it down deep. I want to make it so that way you say, oh, I know that I'm one of his. You know, there's many people who come to church who claim to be a Christian but are not Christians. You know what the worst thing that could happen to you, dear friend, is for you to continue with self-deception and die and go to hell. The worst thing that could ever happen is for someone to come into a church like this and to hear the Bible faithfully preached and then still go to an awful place called hell because they always thought they were a Christian, but it was never checked, never shook and loose, never done anything. I'm trying to be a help to you, dear friend, because I can't take it for granted that anyone is saved. I've seen too many preachers get saved, too many preachers' wives, too many song leaders, too many deacons, too many... Uh, Sunday school teachers, too many church people get saved later on and they said, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. I, I mean, I always thought I was saved. What I'm trying to do tonight is I'm trying to be a friend and I'm trying to nail it down. And one of the evidences inside of your life that if you're truly a Christian, you have a desire to obey the Bible. It doesn't mean that there's no room for us to mess up because we're, unfortunately, we do mess up. I'm a preacher. Guess what? I sin every day. I wish I didn't, but I sin every day. But the good news is, is that we can have an eternal check inside of us that, guess what? We should have a desire to obey God's word. We should have some sort of desire to know what God's word is and say, yes, I want to be pleasing to him. And so we have the perfect tense here. This idea that there's a continual action, that it's not if we mess up once, we're, we're cooked. But there should be a heart desire for our overall looking in our lives inside of us that wants to be pleasing to Him. Do you have that in your own life? Is that something that you know is true? A second thing I want to show you is a perfect spirit. Is a perfect spirit. Not only the perfect tense but a perfect spirit. Notice again in verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth the, his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. And hereby we do know that we are in him. You know what God did inside of your life when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, is that God, the Holy Spirit, came to live inside of your heart. And when He came to live inside of your heart, there is a change inside of your heart. If you wouldn't mind, may I take you to the book of John, John chapter number 14, John 14, 
And let's see what Jesus says himself dealing with this idea of keeping God's commandments. Notice with me, if you wouldn't mind, John chapter 15, or 14. John 14. John chapter 14. So if you're the gospel record of or 1 John, just keep turning the other direction. You'll run into Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the New Testament. John chapter number 14. And let's see what Jesus says himself about this subject. John 14, and notice with me starting at verse 15. I would like everyone to look there because I want you to see it for yourself. John 14, starting at verse 15, the Bible says this. If you love me... Keep my commandments. We're going to go on. But that one statement's pretty powerful. Do you know that words are cheap? You probably figured this out if you've lived any length of time. Words are cheap. You can say anything and not mean it. But you know how you can prove that you love God? If you love me, keep my commandments. Do you know it says later on in 1 John that God's commandments are not grievous? His commandments are not grievous. Meaning, if you love Him, it's not a burden to read your Bible. If you love Him, it's not a burden to to pray and talk to Him. If you love Him, it is not a burden to come to church. You don't have to have your arm twisted. If you love Him, it's not a big deal to give a tithe and offering to God. It shouldn't be a thing where we're begging. It should be a thing because I love him, I'm willing to give. Because you love him, it should not be a big deal at all to talk to people about him. Now, my wife, I love her. All right? How, do she, how does she know that I love him? Love her? I listen to her when she talks. <laughs> I spend time with her. You know, if I didn't love her, I I wouldn't have any desire to spend time with her at all. You know, that's one of the proofs that I love her is I want to spend time with her. You know, because I love her when she has a need, I'm willing to give her what she needs because I love her. It's not a big deal. It's not a complaint. Oh man, my wife needs this and I I just have to give it to her. She's going to die. It's not a big deal at all. Because I love her. You know, because I love her, it's not a big deal for me to tell others about her. I should want to talk about my wife because I love her. You remember when you were young and in love and again, younger generation, we wrote letters. That's what we did. And you know, when you got that love letter, that note, you did, because I loved her, you know what the first thing I wanted to do was? I wanted to read it. You know, there would be an issue if I said, oh, I got a letter from Leah. Uh, I think I'm going to put this up here. I'll get to it eventually. You know when I got a letter, usually I dropped everything to read that thing. And I know she did the same thing. You know, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't something I put on hold. I wanted to hear from her. I wanted to hear what she said. It wasn't a big deal. You know, my love produced an action. All true love produces an action. Talk is cheap. Someone who says, yeah, I love God, but they're not obedient to God, Your words don't match up. 
Now let's see what Jesus has to say about this subject. Notice with me again in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Notice that word another. That word another carries the idea of someone that is the same as. So when he says, I'm going to send you another comforter, he says, I'm sending you someone that's just as good as me. And guess who that is? That's the Holy Spirit. Do you know that when you get saved and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, it is just as good as if you had Jesus in his body standing right next to you. It is just as good. In fact, it may be even a little bit better because he lives inside of me and he will always abide with me. Notice he goes on, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. Do you know that if you're truly saved and born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? And the one thing that the Holy Spirit cannot do, the Holy Spirit cannot sin. The Holy Spirit cannot sin. So there's a part of you, if you're a born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you, there's a part of you that can't sin. Unfortunately, there's another part that can sin. But you know what happens? When that other part does sin, the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, points it out and says, you messed up, you messed up, you messed up. Now, let's go back. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Bible says... That how do we know that we're one of his? That if we keep his commandments. Now, with the idea that if you, are, if you claim to be a Christian and you are not obeying God and God the Holy Spirit does not convict you over it, does not bother, does not point it out, does not say you messed up. Let me tell you, dear friend, as loving as I can, you are not saved. I'm trying to be a help. That's one of the things. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. God will not allow us to continue in sin and get away with it. The Holy Spirit inside of us, the Spirit of truth, will point it out. Notice as it goes on in verse number 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But ye shall see me because I live. Ye shall live also. At the day that ye shall know that I am in my Father. And ye in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Do you see that there's actually a triangle? I know Hollywood likes to put their little love triangles where one guy has to pick between two girls or two, a girl has to pick between two guys. But let me tell you what the true eternal love triangle is. That as I love Christ, God will love me. And then Jesus will love me back too. That Jesus has already loved me. That I'm just reacting to his love. Notice this. That he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. We prove our love by keeping them. He it is that loveth me. We love God when we keep his commandments. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him 
and will manifest myself to him. That word manifest to be made apparent, to be made clear. You know, when we keep God's commandments, God is present with us in a way that we know that he's with us. Now, we, all, we know that God will, is with us and he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But there's a difference when God has his presence with you and you know he's there with you. You know you can have a personal walk with God by keeping his commandments. By walking with him, just doing what he said and that's how we prove his love towards us. Now once again, there is something messed up when someone says, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, the Bible says to do this. I don't care what the Bible says. There's something bad wrong. There's something messed up. How do we know that we love him? How do we prove that we love him? By keeping his commandments. Notice as it goes on. A Judas, uh, this is not Iscariot. He raises his hand and says, I got a question. Verse 22. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us? And not into the world. He said, you just said you're going to be with us, but you're not going to be with the world. How does that work? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him, and we will come come unto him and make our abode, our living, our, our house with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's that sent me. Now there's a couple things in here. He says, He that loveth me not keepeth not my commandments. Do you know that when you disobey God, it's because you're currently not in love with Him? Meaning that you're currently not thinking about Him. That Jesus doesn't have His rightful place in your life. That you're currently not thinking about Him. Do you know that when you love someone and they're on your mind, there are certain things that you're going to avoid doing? There are certain things that you stay away from because you love that person? You know, there's <coughs> all kinds of illustrations. For time's sake, I'm not going to turn into there. I don't want to drag everything out. But you could probably think of personal illustrations. There may be certain things that you enjoy, but because you know that your wife or family or someone doesn't enjoy, doesn't like, you stay away from just because you know they don't. You just don't want to aggravate them. You maybe, maybe there's just something you just stay away from. Maybe because you do love them, <laughs> uh, there's things that you do. This, this love does so much. But someone that is, God's not in his rightful place, we're capable of anything. Notice as it goes on. The word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's that sent me. You know what Jesus said? Hey, it's not my word you're breaking. It's God's word. Now, we understand that God and Jesus are one and the same. But Jesus is pointing it back to God and say, He's the one you've got to please. It is Him that you're trying to be respond to. Verse 25, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, I want to remind you that once again, that when you get saved, you have two natures. You have a spiritual nature that cannot sin. You also have a fallen nature which wants to sin all the time. Do you know that left to your own devices, you could do nothing but sin? No, there's things that we some like, 
I knew, why did I do that? I knew I shouldn't have done that. That's that flesh inside of you. Do you know when it's got control, you can almost do nothing but sin. But when you die to self, that spirit cannot sin. And when that spirit's in control, it will not sin because it cannot sin. This is one of the wonderful things that God has given us is He's given us a new nature. And with that new nature and doesn't want to sin, we'll also naturally want to obey the Bible. We just have to get used to dying to self and saying, stop, stop, stop. Because that spirit inside of us wants to always obey the Father. Because it is God and it can't contradict itself. Going back to 1 John, if you wouldn't mind, 1 John chapter 2. We talked about the perfect tense, that if someone is truly saved, they'll have a desire to obey the Bible. Then we talked about the perfect spirit, that the spirit who lives inside of us, that because we love God, we will keep His commandments. So here, this emphasis of keeping the commandments. Again, this is a test. This is an internal test. This is something that people do an internal check on and say, I am saved. I know I'm saved because I have a desire to obey the Bible. You know, as a preacher, some of the hardest funerals to do is when people claim to be Christians, but there's no fruit, there's no obedience. Yeah, they claim to be a Christian, but they never darken the door of a church. That's hard to tell people with a surety and not lie. Yeah, they're going to be up in heaven. Now, I know there's some preachers that may lie and may preach everyone to heaven, but I can't. I could say, based off of what they said, this is what they said. You know, it's much easier to do a funeral with someone said, man, this is someone who loved the Lord and everyone knew they loved the Lord. And they proved it with their own life. Jesus said, if you love me, keep his commandments. You ever think about when you say, I love you, God, what he thinks when you say that? I love you, God. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear him say, I know you do. And this is why. We prove our love towards him by keeping his commandments. The third thing I'd like to show you here is the perfect tense. And then we showed you the perfect spirit. But I want to show you the perfected love of God. The perfected love of God. Notice what it says in verse number 5. But whoso keepeth his word, and him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in Him. You know, God's love has been previous. What do I mean by that? 1 John 4, 19, it says that God, uh, 4, 1 John 4, 19, it says, We love Him because He first loved us. Because God loved us, He sent His Son to die for us. Because He loved us, He, did, he provided so much for Him. You know, as a preacher, you know why I obey God? Not in order to get something from Him. I order, I serve Him because of what He's already done for me. Because of what He's already done. Because He's already proved His love towards us. There's no doubt in our mind that God loves us. Because of He sent Jesus. Because He sent a preacher to tell us about the Bible. Because He's done so much for us. There's no doubt that He loves us. Because He loves me. I want to reciprocate and love him back. I want to keep his commandments because of what he has done for me. Hereby is his word love perfected. Love that's given that's not given back is an awful thing. 
Think about how much God loved you and how awful it is that God loved you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. And He showed and He proved His love for us. Romans 5.8 For God commendeth His love towards us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He proved His love towards us. And then to take and not reciprocate it back, that's not perfected love. That's love that falls short. But you know what perfected love is? He loves us and we love him back. He loves us and we loved him back. His love is now perfect. He gets something from his love. Now, he loves man so much he's willing to give love with no hope or return. But when his love is given back, it's perfected. That word perfected means to be complete or whole. It's completed. It's whole. It's perfect now. Notice verse 6. And he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he has walked. Because we love Christ, we should want to walk with him and talk with him and go along life's merry way, to spend time with him, to be with him in prayer, to be with him in Bible reading, to be with him in church, to walk with him, to obey him, to go alongside with him because of our love towards him. Why? Because he first loved me. His perfected love. So let me ask you a question, dear friend. How is your love towards God? What evidence do you have in that love towards God? Is it a type of thing where you say, God, I love you? Can he honestly go back and say, I know you do? Maybe just take this last week. Based off of the evidence of your obedience towards him this last week, where's your love at? Is it up high, medium, down low? Based off this last week, what is the proof of your love towards God? Now remember, it's not just what you do, it's the heart matter. I've used this illustration before, but if you tell your teenager, go clean your room, and they go, and they go do it, did they obey? No, they didn't, because obedience is a heart matter. It's pathetic, but I've seen people do this. I'll read my Bible because I have to. Fine. There's a heart issue with that. There's a heart problem with that. They're not in love with the Lord. You could twist people's arm and make them do something. You could twist someone's arm and make them come to church. Right? Some kids are raised on drugs, right? They were drugged to church Sunday morning, drugged to church Sunday night, and drugged to church Wednesday night. You can make some people come to church. But it's a heart matter that makes it obedient or not. Where is your heart towards the Lord? Where is your heart towards the things of the Lord? Do you want to read your Bible? You know what the Bible also talks about? The Bible talks about that when you begin a good nature, a new nature, you get a new song in your heart. God equivalates singing with love towards Him. You know, when a Christian doesn't sing, it's because they're not in love with the Lord. People say, well, I just don't do that type of thing. No, it's a heart problem. It's a heart issue. You know, the Bible is to make a joyful noise. <laughs> I, you know, you say, but I'm not a good singer. 
Neither am I. It's a joyful noise. It's pleasing to Him. Everyone should sing out the best they can. Sing out as much as you can. It doesn't matter what it is. Sing, sing, sing. Sing a hymn the best you can. Sing it out loud. Don't do it for the preacher. Don't do it for the people next to you. Do it for Him. Do it for Him. You see, that's all tells. You know, I could look at some of you and forgive me, but again, one of these days I'm going to put a hidden camera and I'm going to put it some places and I'm going to videotape you guys singing songs and watching the sermons and I want to watch your face. And you know, I know some of the ball games they put, you know, a little kiss cam or whatever else. Here, here's the cam on and we're going to guess, are they currently happy with the Lord? You know, at the t- you know, everyone else is singing and they're just... You know, is that getting the happy meter on? Is that, you know, saying, I really love the Lord right now. Now, you guys understand, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help our love, our walk with God. Take preacher out of the equation. And I want you to go straight to him. According to him, according to that God, how is your love? Not based off of what I say based off of what you know what the Bible says, based off of what you've done, according to the Bible, how is your love for the Lord right now? Now, someone says, well, preacher, I'm feeling bad because I don't think it's where it should. Well, let me give you some encouragement. You can fix it. At any time, you can go to the Lord and say, God, I want to be in love with you. God, help me to be obedient to the Bible. Someone says, well, I just can't help the song. Well, can you say, Lord, help me to sing. Help me to want to sing. Sometimes you need to lay down your own will. Someone went to R.A. Torrey and said, Preacher, I know I should lay down my will, but I don't think I can. Well, can you ask God to lay it down for you? Preacher, I don't want to sing. Well, can you say, God, can you give me a desire to sing? Don't you think God would answer that prayer? You know, sometimes you may not have a desire to read your Bible. Don't you think you could say, God, can you give me a desire to read my Bible? Don't you think he'll answer that prayer? God, I don't feel like being a witness. Don't you think if you ask God, say, God, can you help me to do this? Give me a desire. Don't you think he would? God, I don't have a desire to give. Mine, mine. Don't you think if you ask the Lord, the Lord would give you a desire to give? You see, it's all a matter of our heart and our love towards Him. So, once again, how is your love currently with the Lord? And if it's not where it should be, the good news is, is that you can get it right. You could come to the Lord now and say, Lord, help me to be in love with you. Help me to walk with you. Help me to keep my commandments. Help me to prove my love towards you. Remember, love is not a feeling. Love is proven by action. It's not the warm fuzzies. I know I'm in love because I got the warm fuzzies. Warm fuzzies are nice and cool if it happens, but you know what? It's based off of our commitment and our actions of what we do. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time 
to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.